Welcome to the Coalition 936 podcast, coming together for a better community. My name is J.P. Heath, a youth prevention specialist at the Coalition. We are a 501c3 community coalition based in the great Texas forest country. We are centered on creating environmental changes in our community. And with this broader approach, we can make lasting changes that will affect the larger population as well as future generations. Our guest on this episode is Dr. Sid Roberts of the Temple Cancer Center at CHI St. Luke's Memorial Hospital that is located in Lufkin. CHI is a platinum sponsor as well with our work here at the Coalition. CHI works so hard uh, to make our community healthier, and we appreciate them for their longtime support In addition to Dr. Roberts, we're uh, very thankful for Tina Alexander-Sellers at CHI and our board member, uh, Brianna Murphy. There are two other sponsors I'd like to uh, mention for this episode. The uh, Betty and Murphy George Foundation is a gold sponsor. They have been longtime supporters of the coalition, and Higginbotham Insurance is a bronze sponsor. Thank you to Mike Davis and his team for their support of us here at the coalition. If you know someone that has said they want to quit smoking, project-quit.org is a wonderful site to help them on their quit journey. And some big news. We are back to offering in-person classes as the world starts to open again. So you can dive into your smoke-free summer. That's one of the themes. Uh, You can find that info on our classes on our website, angelinacoalition.org. It's also set up as an event on the Project Quit Facebook group, and also the Zoom classes are still being offered. So Bonnie has you covered, whatever makes you comfortable. One last note before our chat with Dr. Roberts, it's a big help if you can please subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, and Podbean, among others. And kids, you listening? We're also on YouTube. Here is my chat with Dr. Sid Roberts of the Temple Cancer Center at CHI St. Luke's Memorial Hospital. Enjoy. Dr. Sid Roberts, he is a radiation oncologist at CHI St. Luke's Memorial Hospital in Lufkin. Dr. Roberts, thank you so much for being on. We really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to be here. So, you don't know this, but uh, you've been a bit of an inspiration uh, to me. I've, I've hung a, an article that you, you did an op-ed for the Lefkin Daily News a few years ago that we're going to cite coming up in a little bit. But just uh, thank you for what you do, and thank you for what CHI does. For people that are not in the Texas forest country that might be coming across this interview because, hey, it's out there in, in the ether, in cyberspace, just to explain... Uh, at its most basic root, what um, a radiation oncologist does and how that fits into CHI's health mission across, uh, obviously across America, but here in our little neck of the woods here in a, a great uh, area of East Texas. Sure. Uh, well, I guess the simplest way to start is to explain that when someone is diagnosed with cancer, they may get one of several types of treatment or a combination of treatments, as it turns out, including surgery or chemotherapy or radiation therapy. And those are broad categories, as a matter of fact. But uh, each of those areas is a specialty in and of itself. So a medical oncologist does chemotherapy and a radiation oncologist does the radiation treatment for cancer. So part of what I do is to 
consult on patients who have a new diagnosis of cancer and determine if radiation therapy is going to be a portion of their treatment. And if so, how do we uh, coordinate that with their surgery and their chemotherapy, for example? So we all work together to make those decisions. Mm -hmm. And there are obviously a lot of health disparities in, in our area and in, I mean, all across Texas, of course, there are different pockets of health disparities, but specifically with our area in Lufkin, Nacogdoches, and I guess our 12, 15 county region, what are the ones that you all have dealt with routinely, I guess, over the last few years or um, that you traditionally see uh, in your position? Because I know you've been, been doing this a little bit. Well, I moved to uh, Lufkin at the end of 1992, so I've I've been working at uh, CHI. It used to be uh, you know, Memorial Hospital, Memorial Health System of East Texas. Now it's part of the CHI uh, Common Spirit Health uh, Community uh, for a long time now. And I think one of the things that I love about working with this institution is that it is a nonprofit institution. And so I've never had to turn anybody away for um, inability to pay, uh, for example. So we have a, a mission to care for all. And that's, that's, I mean, that's the way it should be. Uh, the American healthcare system is not set up or designed to treat everyone. And I think, you know, internationally, every system, if you will, rations healthcare somehow. You know, even if they're a universal system, they may ration by not everybody getting the most advanced technology, for example. But that being said, uh, you know, we do live in a poorer area of Texas. And uh, so socioeconomically, lack of income, lack of insurance, lack of resources for payment is, is a huge thing. And sometimes it can be up to 15 to 20% of my patients uh, don't have insurance. And that's, that's tough. Plus, in a 12-county region, I see patients every day who are driving 50 miles or more to come back and forth for treatment every day. So transportation uh, it can be a big issue so lack of insurance, lack of transportation, or maybe they just can't afford the co-pays. Or January and February get tough uh, when even people who have insurance but have zero savings suddenly get hit with very large co-pays for the expensive treatment and imaging studies that are done to care for their cancer. How have things, and uh, we, we are going to talk a lot about tobacco coming here in just a little bit with World No Tobacco Day around us, but with post-COVID and with everything happening, I know while well, well, you deal in the uh, oncology front, how does that factor in? Because obviously, I mean, cancer patients with COVID, that's, that's not good. So how has that figured in? And have you seen, even though it's been uh, only yeah. a little bit of time, how, how have you seen that develop? Well, in the early uh, months of the pandemic in 2020, you know, April, May, June of last year, nobody was getting screening tests done. You couldn't get into a doctor's office. You couldn't get your colonoscopy, your mammogram, your pap smear, all of those things. So uh, our 
patient load in the cancer center dropped precipitously for many months. And only here in the last month or two has it really uh, rebounded. And part of that is just, again, delay in diagnosis, patients coming in with later diagnoses. And there have been some studies nationally that have looked at that and, and supported that, uh, that finding. So we've seen that locally, but I think things are finally getting back to uh, normal and people are getting in and getting their screenings done. Good. And what, what is the recommendation for screening? Is it only after a doctor referral or there are some other uh, preventative measures that people could do um, leading up to before of obviously needing the actual treatments? Well, sure. And, and I think that very much depends on who you are, male, female, age, for example. So, uh, and screening depends on the, on the cancer that you're looking for too. So there are recommendations. The American Cancer Society does a really good job of putting out recommendations for screening mammography for breast cancer, uh, colonoscopies or the Cologuard fit tests for colorectal cancer, um, pap smears for cervical cancer. And, you know, you, you talked a little bit about uh, smoking and lung cancer, uh, low-dose CT screening for lung cancer for people who have a significant smoking history and who have not quit smoking in the last 15 years uh, can pick up early lung cancers uh, when they are potentially curable at a much higher rate than uh, if they typically present later uh, with symptoms if people aren't screened. What percentage would you say of, of the cancer patients have ties to tobacco and, and the lung cancer uh, in their past? Right. So, you know, when we look at uh, our top five sites in the cancer center, if you will, it's probably in women anyway, it would be breast cancer. In men, it would be prostate cancer. But lung cancer is you know, probably the number two site in both men and women, colorectal cancer mm-hmm. as well. And then you trickle down to others like cervical cancer or lymphomas, for example, head and neck cancer. But smoking-related cancers are not just lung cancer. We see lung cancer, esophageal cancer, head and neck cancer, bladder cancer, and others that can be smoking-related that you wouldn't necessarily think of as, as related to smoking. But all the chemicals, once they enter your system, can, can cause cancers other locations. So you've got to answer a question, please, that I deal with kids all the time, students all the time. They don't like being called kids, but they, and, and I, we don't know each other too well right now, but I have a, a past with my family. Uh, I've had relatives that have died from uh, lung cancer. So that's obviously that fuels a lot of my passion. So with the e-cigarette craze that is going now, and I've seen a lot of data and, and I'm sure you're privy to a lot of that too. Are e-cigarettes safer than cigarettes or are they a viable alternative that can lead to cessation? I, I want to hear your your thoughts because I genuinely, I, I don't know that. So, so from the medical side, what, what do you think about how e-cigarettes figure in? And we all know the a lot of the history of just uh, traditional cigarettes, but how do e-cigs right. figure in there? Well, I, I see the, the idea of using e-cigarettes as a smoking cessation tool 
as a straw man in a, in a lot, lot of ways. I can't say I've had no patients who have quit smoking with e-cigarettes, but it's rare. It's not a common way that people use to quit smoking. It's really just another nicotine addiction tool. And, you know, uh, the vapor is full of other chemicals. Uh, so it's different than tobacco, but it's an addictive product that I, I just, it, it's, it's not the smoking cessation answer. That's what, what you're asking. Another thing I, I come across, and mainly, again, 90% of my work is dealing with young people, but I've heard people outside of the classroom setting say this even off of my uh, part-time job here at the coalition. Well, I've been smoking 30 or 40 years, and my body's too used to it. Uh, that's one common theme that's come up. I've been doing prevention. That's called addiction, but yeah. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> I know this, but <laughs> from the medical side of this, uh, again, I, I know this is stating the obvious, but... The, the immediate benefit to quitting smoking as soon as possible is the number one benefit, right? There's no benefit to keep ingesting four to 7,000 chemicals and 70 carcinogens into your body, correct? Right. No, there, there is zero uh, benefit and just continued risk. Uh, I mean, isn't that what uh, Russian roulette is all about? Mm-hmm. You know, that bullet's going to fire eventually. Um, I did see a patient uh, today who actually has quit smoking with Chantix, Great. Uh, a medication to help uh, with smoking cessation. And, uh, you know, he's cured of a cancer that was smoking related and he needed to quit in order to help lessen his chance of getting another smoking related cancer. But just to hear him talk about how much better food tastes and uh, his voice quality is better and how much better he feels. But the flip side of that is this morning, uh, I also heard in some hospice rounds of several uh, patients who are dying of COPD and starved for breath. They can't walk two or three feet without gasping for air and yet they still smoke. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when you're young, you don't see what the end result of all that damage is going to be. And it's such a shame that kids get addicted and not knowing how destructive and uh, life-altering that decision is going to be. So the, the following question is meant, I'm saying it blankly, uh, point blankly, this is meant to be self-promoting for a, a nonprofit like we are too with a, a great program like Project Quit. And of course, I'm biased and I don't do the classes, uh, Dr. Roberts. They just stick me with the kiddos as I tell the classrooms. But how important is a having a, and it's, I'm so proud of it because it's gained so much steam, but having a local program like Project Quit where we're starting to do them in person, but able to do them online. How, how important of a resource is that to, to go with the Chantix, to go with the passage? Uh, I know there are a lot of different ways, cold turkey, I and mean, there are a lot of different ways yeah. we can tackle this elephant. Well, no one way works for every person. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need to have a variety of programs and possibilities uh, in our armamentarium for fighting smoking. 
you got to find what works. And I, I guess you could compare it to diet and weight loss. You know, not every diet is going to work for every individual, but you keep working at it. And, you know, if you're, if you're the type that can, that can quit cold turkey, great. But that's not the majority of people. Having programs for the support um, and, and education are really helpful. So I pride myself on my prep, Dr. Roberts, uh, in other professions, but I pulled up a quote, and if you don't mind, extend me a little attitude here because uh, I, I referenced this at the very beginning, but I had your article, uh, your op-ed, uh, and I forget why I took it down, so my apologies, not that you need them. But anyway, <laughs> Dr. Roberts wrote an op-ed with our uh, great Lufkin Daily News, what, two or three years ago or so, 2017-ish, maybe four years ago. Do you remember? Well, I write one every month, so there you I don't go. know when this one came out. <laughs> okay, there you go. Well, this one was specifically about uh, tobacco, and here's part of it. And my main crutch of this, again, point-blankly saying, is big tobacco kills. They're a legalized government-killing operation. That's what I tell the kids to lift their spirits, but... Uh, in this, you wrote, uh, stores that sell tobacco products today are complicit in the very deception that big tobacco is guilty of. The retail markup, and you cited the Wall Street Journal, is 17%, higher than that on groceries. Uh, no wonder grocery and convenience store chains put tobacco products front and center in their stores or even out in front of their stores. Easy money, dirty money. So as I read that back to you, two, three, four years, uh, whenever it was. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? And do you have any kind of uh, tag-on comments to that? Because that was a weighty statement, and I commend you for being so bold in your writing there. Well, it is bold because, um, you know, grocery stores, their, their, their margins on groceries are very narrow. It's hard for grocery stores to make money. I totally get it from a business standpoint, that tobacco products had the margins. They, they, that's where stores make money. But I do have, uh, well, and of course, you, there, the whole argument in the United States is all about, especially in the last four years, individual freedom, individual rights. We make decisions on our own, what we do to our bodies and you know, the federal government is not going to regulate anything that we do, which, again, I, I, I don't agree with all of that either. But but to the point of, of grocery stores and being complicit, yeah, you have to accept that if you're going to sell tobacco products, you are complicit. And when you see the lines out in front of the tobacco barns, um, it's it's scary. It's amazing. How much product they push through, so you can't you can't have a free ride. If you do it, you gotta accept that you are complicit and, and that uh, you're making money off of people's poor choices. Yes, but off of people's health. Mm -hmm. So it is what it is. Unfortunately, it, it is what yeah. it is. You mentioned that, and I wanted to get to that since you mentioned it, a good segue with the recent ruling from the FDA with menthols. And I'll ask you partly point blankly because we're becoming fast friends. Uh, have you <laughs> seen more African-Americans that related to menthol use? And 
your thoughts on the recent, well, eventually there's a lot of packed nuance in here sure. with the regulation yeah. of when and if by the time we're both retired that they actually stop selling uh, the menthols. Right. Yeah. They've needed to do that for a long time. Mm-hmm. We've known for, for years and years that, uh, that the African-American community in particular prefers menthol brands. And I, I, you know, the addictiveness of it, the pleasure, if you will. Why are we uh, allowing cigarette makers, manufacturers to put in additives to make a product even more pleasurable and addictive? Uh, I just, well, it's the same thing with vaping. And, you know, why were we allowing bubblegum flavored uh, e-cigarettes, for example, uh, to be more attractive to the to our youth. We we are averse to regulating tobacco and nicotine products in this country, and we shouldn't be. It costs so much to care for patients with heart disease, COPD, cancer, and it's the very population that is less likely to have insurance, for example, that is uh, dying of smoking-related illnesses. And here we are, all of us, our tax dollars are eventually, ultimately, paying for this care, but yet we're not willing to regulate uh, tobacco products. It, it, it doesn't make sense. And hopefully, just hope on hope that that does eventually come to pass, that it's got a few more years before it becomes official. But May 31st is World No Tobacco Day. Uh, To borrow a cliche, every day is World No Tobacco Day for me. And obviously, in your uh, position as you're dealing with it on a day-to-day basis, the large effects of tobacco. Any final messages, final words about, and not just with prevention of tobacco use, but what people can can do to uh, be healthier, and then in turn, how CHI figures into that. Take that as you will. Sure. Well, I, you know, I'm, I am all for uh, days like World Tobacco Day, the Great American Smokeout, for example. It's like January 1st being a good day to start a diet, if you will. Sometimes we just need a push. We need a target. We need a reminder to do the things that we want to do. So PR campaigns, educational campaigns, I think are are very key. I love that the coalition focuses on on tobacco. Uh, I love that the American Cancer Society does as well. And the more these organizations uh, work to educate the public and you know get people to quit smoking, it's just vital. So, I mean, tobacco cessation is truly the number one intervention that's going to drop heart disease, lung disease, cancer uh, rates in this country. A perfect quote to end it with, again, citing yourself, you say, nothing short of a world without tobacco will do. Perhaps that is a pipe dream, but our kids are worth it. Thank you, sir, for what you do. And that was a great punctuator. Really, really appreciate your time today. Well, thank you so much for all that you and the coalition does uh, in our community as well. Thanks. Dr. Sid Roberts from CHI. 
What a great asset in our Texas forest country area. Dr. Sid Roberts from Temple Cancer Center at CHI St. Luke's Memorial Hospital. We're so grateful for their partnership and all the great work they do in our Texas forest country area. Another reminder, project-quit.org. Bonnie continues to do great work there. Classes continue throughout the summer, and we're still offering those Zoom classes for those that are more comfortable with that. We have a Project Quit Facebook group as well. But if you go to project-quit.org, that form is a big thing that gets you uh, in our system, so to speak. We don't hound you, but we want to help you. AngelinaCoalition.org has a Project Quit link. Another reminder to please subscribe. It's a huge help. And we're also on YouTube. Our number for any questions, 634-9308-936-634-9308. Have a great day or night. God bless. We'll talk to you next time on the Coalition 936 Podcast.